0: Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor.
1: All right. I know that you have all flown before. You have all been on airplanes. And what does the stewardess say or the captain say over the loudspeaker? He says, if the oxygen mask comes out, put your own mask on first. Then help somebody else. Well, that's kind of where I am right now in my life. I am actually trying to get myself in shape. I'm 58 years old. I got to tell you, I feel 18. I look in the mirror and I see a handsome guy. I go, man, you're good looking, but you're fat. You know, I know that's what all you think when you look in the mirror at yourself. You think you're beautiful, handsome. But the reality is that most of us are really, really out of shape because if you're an entrepreneur or not, if you're just a busy person in this life, we often don't take good enough care of ourselves. So I have made a pact with myself that I will take care of myself first. That's where I'm at right now. And so my thinking of eating has dramatically evolved over the last few months. And this has been a long time coming because I used to play water polo. I was varsity letter water polo player. My 40th high school reunion is this weekend.
2: 40 years.
1: Oh, my gosh. Where did the time go? Time flies. And you know what? I'm taking care of my 90-year-old dad who thinks he's like 40, and, and he doesn't realize, Dad, you're 90. You can't do that anymore. He, he doesn't care because the spirit does not age. The body ages, the vessel ages, but the spirit is forever young. So, guess what? We need to take a look in the mirror sometimes and realize that we've got to take better care of ourselves. It is what we put in our mouths every day that is going to kill us, even though it's all kinds of yummy, tasty, delicious things. But the reality is that we can find better options and we need help with this. So, today, We're going to talk with a gentleman named Will Hallsworth. He's the CEO of a company called Safe and Fair Food Company. Very interesting. I've done a tiny bit of research, had a tiny little conversation with him. And let me give you a little fact here. Currently, 15 million Americans suffering from food allergies and are growing at a rate of 20% year over year. Last night at dinner, we started talking about gluten. And it's so funny, how many people out there actually know what the hell gluten is. And so we had this, we had like 20 people at dinner. We were having a big dinner and everybody was arguing about what gluten is. And half of us didn't even know there was like one guy that actually knew what it was. What do you think? He was nice and thin, but at one point in his life, he was a chubby guy. So he did the actual research to find out what it is. And everybody went, wow. I thought it was okay to eat gluten-free and I can eat as much as I want because guess what? It's gluten-free. Well, the reality is (laughs) it's really not okay. But anyway, take your time to do your research. Do your, your exercise. Be careful what you put in your mouth. Because we have really completely screwed ourselves over the last hundred years and even before that, but before that we were eating much more carefully off the land. But today we have all these packaged foods and processed foods and and enter Will Hallsworth, who used to work at Pepsi. And today he's done a lot of things, but I think it's so funny. Today, Will, welcome to the show. You are now working with this Thanks very much. Alan. You know, this whole new uh I I don't know, this whole new way of thinking and and entrepreneurial way of doing your business as well, but maybe you could tell the world. Give me two minutes on Safe and Fair Food Company. What is it you guys do?
3: So what we fundamentally do is we make food for uh, 15 million people in America today growing at 20% that have severe food allergies. And so what we believe is that people that suffer from potentially anaphylactic reactions to food, which means a micron of a protein can put you into anaphylactic shock, which is binary. So you either have it or you don't. It could be lethal every time. And so the gravity of the issue is enormous. And then so what we do is we make food that's safe for people that desperately need safe food and we charge fair prices. And then we have good brand design because we think that, you know, people just because you have to have a food allergy doesn't mean you should something that's clumpy or weird looking. And we also make clean label food because as you were alluding to, what you put in your body is pretty important. And so uh, clean label food is easy to make in a way because it's real ingredients. So sometimes people ask me, does your food taste good? And I'm like, oh yeah, for sure it does. And then I guess, well, how do you know that? I'm like, well, because my grandmother's food tastes good. And she just used real stuff. And that's what we do. We use real stuff. And we also think that people should pay a fair price for food. And so, you know, I think I was, I was telling you earlier, my, uh, my children, my son, Chad's 25, my daughter, Katie's 22, and my son, Jack is 17. And I don't think they should have to pay more for clean label food. So we work hard on is managing our business because this isn't an activity, it's a business. And so we work hard on managing our business and maintaining the correct margin structure while providing safe food for people that desperately need it at fair prices because we just think those are the two right things to do.
1: Well, and you've got a unique business model. And I love the entrepreneur side of you in all that you're doing here. And my hat's off to you. Um, I want to learn about the company, your journey, and from what I understand, you just had a uh, Series C financing uh, that has grown right by 100%, quadrupling the sales yeah. of your company. So this is all good stuff. We're going to learn how to be healthier and a little bit of business. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll be right, right on. Yep. Yeah, hang tight. I'm on the side of the bridge.
0: Stay tuned. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages.
1: So you're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly, Entrepreneur Magazine at newsstands all over the place, and visit our website, entrepreneur.com. You can watch videos and read great articles, and then you can also subscribe to Entrepreneur Weekly, the podcast, which is this show, commercials for the local stations removed and uninterrupted pretty much all the way through. So uh, we, we have a, quite a, a nice following, and we appreciate all you listeners out there around the world. Will Hallsworth is with us. You can find his company at safeandfair.com. And, Will, we talked about, you know, what you do, a beautiful thing about helping folks that have any food allergies and things with your products, safe and fair. But let's talk about now this kind of direct-to-consumer business model you have and keeping sure. the margins low. That That's kind of different, too. I mean, you came from Pepsi, man. That's mass distribution. And you're like... Mm, where is the little crack in their armor this may be it yes. i don't know so tell me about it
3: so i think there's two things you know one is one of the things that we do it's very difficult to manufacture food to the exact tolerances that we do because if you have an anaphylactic reaction to food whether it's one of the top one of the top eight allergens or now sesame's number nine it's a micron of that protein that can create an anaphylactic reaction in your body so we have 14 pages of food allergy protocols that we employ in every manufacturing facility that we produce. And so that's a difficult thing for Big Food to get their arms around for a community that seems like a small one. And so the other thing that we find when you understand this consumer, and we, we, are, we have very good fortune here at Safe & Fair because the DNA of the company, the two co-founders of this business are very successful men in their own right. And one is an enormously successful tech investor, and the other one's been incredibly successful in the financial space. And they created a cookie company for their kids that have the anaphylactic peanut reactions. Another member of our board is one of the largest food allergy donors in the country. Oh. Um, who's endowed chairs at Northwestern and Harvard and New Chicago to help people deal with the, the profound issues of food allergies in their lives. And so we have a deep understanding here at safe and fair of exactly what it means to deliver on that, on our name. Frankly. Right. 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 Um, and so, and we have a deep understanding of that consumer. And so one of the things that you would find when you talk to people and families who have, severe food allergies that they're very limited in the number of foods they can buy, so they have to be sure that there's literally not a micron of that protein anywhere in the supply chain because it's just too dangerous. And so for us, direct to consumer works really well because first of all, those consumers aren't necessarily going to grocery stores today because they realize that they likely don't have what they need. Right. And the other thing is they stock up. You know, so my son Chad, you know, if he was coming to your house today and my son had, say, a dairy allergy, right? And he had our safe and care chips, which are these wonderful we have protein chips and uh, popcorn quinoa chips that are safe for Chad to eat, I'd have to send them with him, right? Because I couldn't trust You seem great, Alan, and I'm sure you're a very thoughtful person, except that I can't trust the fact that, you know, Chad were to eat something at your house that I didn't know for sure was safe for him, we might end up in the hospital, right? Right. And so what happens for those families is those kids get, they have to have a lot of food in their house because they don't have the option if Chad comes over to your house and you're like, oh, you know what, We're, we're, and he finishes safe and fair chips and you're like, oh, here, we can give you some Lay's chips. They may very well be safe for him, but he won't know that. And so he'd be afraid to eat them, and I'd be afraid for him to eat them. Right, right. So those families really stock up on their food, right? Because they need it in their house. They don't have easy alternatives. So they you eventually need it. You have four kids, right? They
1: actually buy in bulk from you is what you're saying. That's why the direct yeah, consumer thing do. works. Ah. Sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love it.
3: Like, Out of necessity, too. So if you think right. about the things that you buy in bulk, typically it's for price or convenience, right, just because you use it a lot for but for here, you know, again, the superordinate issue that we address at Satan Fair is actually safe. All right. Um, so you time. need lots of safe things around your
1: kids. Yep. Uh, listen, this is fantastic. This is good stuff. I uh, I have uh, a kid that lived with us for the last 10 years. His parents dropped him off for a party one time and never picked him up. So, uh, you know, he, <laughs> when he turned 18, he joined the military, became a, uh, a, um, a ranger. Was out on a, no a deal one time and got bit by some ants and almost died. And guess what? Oh, wow. He's now out of the military, but the tiniest little thing can take you out. And here we are, the highway are. to hell. All right, Hang Tai, I want to learn more from you and get some advice for entrepreneurs. Uh, Will Hallsworth, he is the CEO of Safe and Fair Food Company. Safeandfair.com. We'll be right back. It
0: is Entrepreneur Weekly. Here's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, we're learning about Will Hallsworth.
1: He is the CEO of Safe and Fair Food Company, uh, you had no idea how many Americans are suffering from food allergies until you know somebody and you realize, oh my God, they have to live their life differently than I do. You know, I went to the doctor with my wife, by the way, Will, uh, when we were, yeah. we were married. I've been married 32 years. We've been together 37. We have That's four kids nice. plus one Three and grandkid now and another one on the way. But when we were first, we were going to the doctor because of our first child, The doctor says to me, he goes, let me explain it like this about you and your wife. He said, you, you're a dump truck. You can eat whatever you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can do whatever you want, and you're fine. He goes, your wife, on the other hand, he goes, you know, you like cars, don't you? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, let's put it like this. Your wife is a Ferrari, and she's got to be taken (laughs) care of and tuned up and kept warm and you know, and I went, I get it. You know, some people are just more fragile, but they're beautiful. You know, it's like my wife's a beautiful woman, but she's fragile. And me, I'm a dump truck. I, can, I could eat a car, and I would probably poop it out three, three months later, but it, my body would digest it. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. but there are people out there that need the products that Safe and Fair Food Company makes. But also there are people yeah. out there that are like me that need the advice that you're about to give of what is the secret sauce of Will Halsworth and the Safe and Fair Food Company. I also want to note, for those listening, that Will was also the former president of a company called Muscle Milk and Sambazon, and he worked at PepsiCo, Pepsi Americas, and uh, he was the head of global strategy at Gatorade over at PepsiCo, and graduated from uh, Wake Forest University. So you have been through, you know, a lot of education in, in business, in what you called big food, and now here you are, yes. you're taking the road less traveled, which I love. But let me, let's drill it down to the, maybe the three principles that you have now lived your life and you are applying these principles so that entrepreneurs can learn from your lifetime of business experience.
3: So it's probably three or four things that I think about all the time, whether it's with regard to me or the things that we try to employ at safe and fair. I think one of the world's great axioms is that you can't give what you don't have, right? And so and I think about what's, I've had incredibly good fortune to work for great people, by the way, along the way at those businesses and work in great businesses, and I've had really, really wonderful people work for me, in which I could give you name after name after name. that would really be a much greater part of my success than myself personally. And so I think there's things that really matter. Like, first of all, I think you want to be purposeful. You want to have a sense that there's things that are bigger than you out there and they matter more. Like by the way, the people that work for you have a deep responsibility to them and their families, right? If you happen to be working in a big company, you have a responsibility to try to help those people move ahead and pay for their kids' colleges and promote people that deserve it. When you work for a smaller company, you have a responsibility to keep that business going and make sure that the people that have chosen to come work for you, like we have at Safe and Fair, we have a brilliant team and these people have chosen to be here with us. And so I have a deep responsibility and a commitment to them and their family, as well as to the community that we serve at Safe and Fair. So I think being purposeful, and there's purpose in anything you do, right? There's purpose at PepsiCo, and there's purpose here at Safe and Fair. We might have a little bit of a different sense of it just because we're smaller. The interesting thing about our business is the better we are at making great food for people that desperately need it, the better our business will be. It's a really wonderful confluence of things. Good stuff. Um, And when we think about it at Safe and Fair, we really want to be three things. We want to be smart meaning that we just happen to know some things that other people don't know because of the place that we sit, right? So when you talk to us, we want you to go, oh, that was smart, right? And that was interesting. We want to be relevant, meaning that we're saying things that matter to you, right? Um, We don't want to pontificate. Sometimes you see people in the food business, you know, particularly in organic or natural foods, they kind of pontificate a bit. That's not what we're here to do. We want to be relevant for the things that happen in your life every day. And then we want to be inspired. And that simply means that after we talk to you, that you'd like to talk to us again. You know, when you think about people like that in your life, they're very nice people to be around, right? And so it's important for us, you know, actions are binary. People don't always think that. So people are either going to think better of or worse of the Safe and Fair Food Company with each conversation that we have. And so I think it's very important for us to always be mindful of the purpose that we serve. It's important for us to be smart. And so we have to work at that, right? We have a relationship with Stanford University and some other incredibly brilliant food allergy people in America today and some folks on our board. We want to be relevant. So we want to make good food for people, right? Stuff that really matters in their lives, not stuff that that I think they should be eating, but stuff they think that they want to eat. And then we want to do that in a way that inspires people to do more and do better and hopefully welcome safe and fair into their lives. You know, I've thought about those things a lot throughout my whole career, whether it's been, you know, working with PepsiCo and having the really good fortune to have teams that worked for me and worked for some great executives or being at a company like Muscle Milk where we, you know, really, uh, the founder of Muscle Milk is a brilliant guy who created really the first kind of ready-to-drink protein in America that tasted good. We launched that all over the world, and you know today at Safe and Fair, I have incredibly good fortune that I get to work for a company also that my kids are proud of. It's a very good lens for me to think about my life. Through, right? Is you know if Chad, Katie, and Jack are proud of what I do, then I've done okay today. Um, <laughs> and so that's how I think about what we do here at Safe and Fair.
1: Yeah, love it, man. Absolutely love it. I love the best part about it. Uh, is what you just said right at the end do something that your kids can be proud of you for that's that's yeah right on really all any father mother family grandparent could ever wish for their even their children you know i i i, I share that with you i want my kids to be proud of me the high bar you know that Yes. Right? <laughs> really but i love high the bar. fact i love the fact that you have uh Kind of buck the system, you know. You're doing something that is special. And by the way, they're in the top 25 school districts throughout the U.S., including New York, Miami, Orlando, San Francisco, Dallas, Houston. The company once again, Safe and Fair Food Company, Safeandfair.com. Will Hallsworth, thank you, brother. Really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, right on Good deal. with you today.
1: I'm gonna try some food. I'm gonna go online right now. You guys should too. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll be right back. <laughs> Well, you're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. I'm Alan Taylor. Thanks for joining us. We're having a great time today, as we do every show. Uh, Joining me right now is Scott Duffy. He is... uh, Man, this guy's on fire right now. He's got his new book out through Entrepreneur Press, which is part of Entrepreneur Media, which also has Entrepreneur Magazine and this show, Entrepreneur Weekly. His book is called Breakthrough, and he's on the line with us right now. We went through uh, a kind of a week together in New York, Scott, with the the Breakthrough Mastermind, and actually the next couple of guests that are on, Randall with uh, Dugout Mugs, who blew me away is coming on next by the way and I did these interviews while we were together at the at the mastermind that you put on and uh, but I just wanted to talk to you before we play these couple of interviews with these guys how are things going since the uh, the, the mastermind cuz I mean that was a that was mind blowing it was really truly a breakthrough for many of these people including myself
2: you know it's really been amazing i think that sometimes being an entrepreneur can be a really lonely job right we're out there in front we're the cheerleaders for our company. Sometimes, when things don't work out the way that we plan, you know, we, we might think that we're the only people that are experiencing those things or those emotions or whatever. And what's really amazing and what's awesome about the mastermind is it doesn't matter who you are or how successful you are, because you know we were with you know five-time World Series champions, we were the you know people that had built enormous companies, hundreds of millions of dollars. But everybody goes through the same stuff, and when you're with a group of people that really is able to bond, you know, around that. It's really cool because what you learn is the secret sauce about how people take no matter what happens to them in their life or business and use it to help move them forward. Were you blown and I away? That was the best part of the event.
1: Were you blown away by how how uh, dare I say spiritual? Some of these these men got because <laughs> there was only there was like three or four women and like twenty five guys, and I mean we got pretty down and deep there with the spiritual talking, and I, I was like, what? And I mean it looks like I joined right in on the whole thing, but you got a lot of really deep thinkers there, man.
2: Well, you not only have deep thinkers, but you have a lot of people that are trying to really push themselves to grow, like in that spiritual area. I was really surprised at how many of them had spiritual coaches or had fitness coaches or were doing whatever it was. Like, you know, it's not just about learning how to build a better business and learning like the fundamentals of how to build a team, manage people. Like these guys were really committed to being the best people they could be. Right. And I think that that was the common thread that really stood out for me over the week. Yeah. Well, and I got to tell you,
1: when Dave Meltzer got up there, he's, mm. you know for those who, don't, who recognize the name, they're like, who is that? He's the host of Elevator Pitch and also the Playbook podcast, but Elevator Pitch is on Entrepreneur Network as well. It's a video series, kind of like Shark Tank, but uh, it's an entrepreneur magazine, and entrepreneur media's twist on, you know, you got to have your elevator pitch. But when he got up there and talked and cried... And I've seen him do it before. His story is so touching. We got up on stage and well, not even on stage. We were just in a big, you know, like a living room talking. He's standing in front of all these these people telling a story how he lost a hundred million dollars. The hardest part when he had to go to his mother and tell her, Mom, the house I bought you, they're going to repossess it. And she goes, oh, Mm -hmm. it's okay, honey. Do you need some money? He goes, I'm taking away her house and she's there to give me money. That's love. I love that, man. I got to tell you. And the world's smallest uh, Harlem Globetrotter, what is he, like five foot two or something? That guy was a five blast. Two. He's a blast, man. Anyway, great job, Scott. The book is out on newsstands. You guys can find it. I know they sold out. It's called Breakthrough. And uh, all I can say is I cannot wait for the next mastermind. Scott's doing these breakthrough masterminds. You're going to do one in January at like with the Navy SEALs or something, right?
2: We are. We're, we're going to be down in San Diego there um, on the, on the base at Coronado um, spending a few days with Navy SEALs and um, other special operators. And it's, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity to learn from these high performers how they build teams, how they hold each other accountable. You know, how they it's, it, how they create strategies and like are flexible on the go. It's right. It's going to be really cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: Well, you guys check out Scott Duffy dot com if you want to get more involved with uh, what Scott's doing, his book Breakthrough. And uh, I'm Alan Taylor. When we come back. We're going to have one of the uh, guys that was at the Breakthrough Mastermind. I would have told this guy, don't do this business. He proved me wrong. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Scott, thank you, brother. You got it. We'll be right back.
0: Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, today in New York City, and I got to go to a
1: Yankee game, and uh, I guess I'm a new fan of baseball. First big league game I've ever been to. So uh, thanks to Scott Duffy and uh, Randy Garn and... um, Brandon Steiner from Steiner Sports. I'm sitting here with a guy who has uh, been nice enough to hand out some very interesting mugs. They look like the barrel, as he calls them, the barrel of a baseball bat. In other words, cut the bat in half right down the middle, and the, and the big, the end of the bat is now converted into a mug. And it says on it, Breakthrough Mastermind Founder Scott Duffy uh, and uh, Randall Thompson. From Thompson Mug Company, our buddies, and what an interesting idea! And I, I need to know where this came from because the first thing I thought is, what's what happened? To, he must have broke his bat and decided to cut the end off. Anyway, well, where did this whole thing come from, Randall?
4: Yeah, I was coaching college baseball in 2014, and Matt McCurio, the recruiting coordinator at Florida Tech, was uh, in the dugout with a handsaw, just cutting off wooden baseball bats, cutting the barrels off of just regular size baseball bats and uh, he was creating a training tool and uh, I just picked up one of these barrels and I took a look at it and I I thought that maybe I could bore it out or drill it out the center and drink from it
1: so uh, as a man thinketh, so he does (laughs) you you took it home put it on the lathe and and all of a sudden you have a business and my first thought would be well that's cool for guys that uh, are in college but how much of a business could it be maybe you could tell us
4: so initially, I thought it was going to be kind of like uh, embraced by the the college lifestyle. But where we're really finding uh, a lot of business is uh, baseball moms buying for their sons and buying for their husbands that are avid baseball fans. And uh, it's it's going extremely well. We're in our second full year of business, and we're projected to do about $3 million in sales this year.
1: Good Lord. I would, <laughs> honestly would have never imagined that. That's wild. So... Tell us your story. I mean, you also must have a love for baseball.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in the game of baseball, started at four years old, throwing in the front yard with my dad and and playing at a local Little League just a half a mile down the road. And uh, eventually I got the opportunity to sign a professional contract with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I got paid to play the game of baseball and um, feel very, very, very uh, gracious and and feel a lot of gratitude that I got that opportunity.
1: And so how did this, uh, I guess, pivot to this $3 million-a-year mug-making company, Thompson Mug Company?
4: It wasn't easy. When I first started, I I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about woodworking. I knew nothing about nothing, really. The only thing I knew about was was baseball and the the baseball market, and, uh, you know, it's... uh, it took a lot of hard work, and it took a lot of uh, restless nights and uh, worked a full-time job while just bootstrapping this whole business and uh, just everything I was making, I was putting into it, and, and, and here we are.
1: Were you surprised when all of a sudden it just started taking off like crazy? Like, what was your first year? Give us kind of the growth pattern. Yeah, the, there was a
4: certain expectation that, you know, if I go in to do something, I uh, you know, I'm doing it with the, with the intention that, that it's going to be something. But the first year we launched in June of 2016, the first six months, we kind of got our, you know, our legs under us and we did about 70,000 in sales that following year. in, in 2017, we did uh, about 1.1 million in sales. And then, uh, like I said, this year we'll, we'll do about $3 million in sales.
1: So give us some of the, uh, which I like to hear because to me, these are the growth, you know, the most important things are the, the problems you've had and how you grew from them. So what was your biggest problem? Well, we, we grew too fast
4: at one point, um, and that that, was a big, that turned into a big problem. But we quickly found a solution for it, and we started building the business to where it was going rather than where it was. And as soon as we kind of transitioned our mind, mindset into that kind of realm, we're now in a position that whatever comes our way, we're ready for it. We're able to scale with it, and, uh, and, and it's making our businesses explode even more.
1: So now when you were in college what was your uh, degree I'm just curious I was a business administration
4: major with focus in marketing but I really baseball was my was my really my my major
1: right So now you're here at this uh, mastermind with Scott Duffy and uh, what breakthrough have you had because that's what he's calling this after his book breakthrough what breakthrough have you had There's a ton of resources
4: that aren't too, too far out of your reach. One of the things that Brandon Steiner brought up yesterday that I have a really difficult time with is asking. And uh, just hearing that from somebody that's had a ton of success and and somewhat of a similar vertical, hearing him just say, you know, sometimes you just got to ask and ask politely, I would say that's probably one of my biggest takeaways from this experience thus far. Yeah.
1: It seems like you're kind of a low-key kind of guy, and you probably have a certain amount of pride, like, I can do this on my own, I'm going to bootstrap this thing, but the ask is the most important thing. I was just talking to a buddy this morning, I said, your biggest problem, and it wasn't you, but this is a very dear friend of mine, I said, your biggest problem is, you don't know how to ask. The ask is the most important part, because without that you're just going to continue long at that status quo. You're never going to be able to grow up to that next level. Even if it's asking for a little bit of advice, advice is fantastic. You never know what's going to come out of that. That's why these masterminds are so important because we get together as men, friends, men and women, and we talk about our problems. And a lot of times in business, entrepreneurs, I think, feel like they're kind of the man on the moon. They're, they're all alone. They don't have resources that they need. They don't know how to get them. They don't know how to ask for them like you. But your breakthrough is you figured out you need to have your ask ready. That's
4: absolutely correct, yeah. At times I do feel like I'm on Randall Island. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Maybe it's a, a bit of pride. But, yeah, for sure, it's
1: I have to do that. So what is the ask going to be? I mean, moving forward, where is your weak spot? What do you need help with? I'm just curious because you never know who's listening and you never know. Just trying to articulate it may help you with that ask. Yeah,
4: we're, we're coming into a very interesting uh, licensing agreement and uh, it's going to cause our business, I think, to, to go even crazier. And just looking at early projections and looking at what this license is going to do for us, cash is going to really help us scale even more. And... That's ultimately where I think I could use a lot of help we're, we're getting uh, we're getting a lot of attention from Hall of famers uh, you know we're we're in six major league baseball stadiums right now um, so there, there's a lot of cool things going on our bandwidth is is getting it's pretty wide but time and cash are, are two things that we're always looking for good people as well but I would say the next level of business probably will need cash to do it.
1: All right, so the question is, Thompson Mug Company, what does this baseball bat mug cost retail? And obviously it's customized to whatever event or person you want, but what's the, what's the price on something like this?
4: Barrel of baseball bat drinking mug, a dugout mug is will range anywhere between $39 to
1: $59. Okay. A dugout mug. You can find it at dugoutmugs.com on the web. And uh, Randall Thompson, uh, best of luck to you. And uh, thanks for coming out to the Breakthrough Mastermind. Obviously, it's worked for you. So uh, hopefully, maybe. Out there in the world, if you hear a mastermind and you get a chance to be with other like-minded people, you are not the man or woman on the moon or you're not, like Randall said, on Randall Island or whatever island you think you're on. With entrepreneurs, you're part of the tribe. We'll be right back. When it comes to building and maintaining IT systems, smaller businesses wrestle with slim budgets and resource constraints. At the same time, they're pressured to deliver agility, security, and a great experience for their customers. How can small businesses transform their IT infrastructure without breaking the bank or restraining personnel? Look for a networking solution that is easy to deploy, operate, and manage, so it can scale seamlessly when it comes time to expand. Security is top of mind for everyone, especially small businesses that might not have the people or bandwidth to monitor the network as closely as they'd like. For that reason, it's key to look for security features that offer automation and are easy to deploy and use. Businesses that don't think they can afford to make an upfront investment in technology might want to ask about leasing or financing options. There are many easy ways to spread your payments over time while avoiding technology obsolescence. Visit cisco.com go slash SMB to discover our current promotions and free trials and explore the small business portfolio.
0: You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor.
1: Our next guest at the Mastermind, the Breakthrough Mastermind with Scott Duffy, is uh, one of the guys here, Derek Lunston from Scrimmage. He uh, handed me a baseball, and uh, it's got his company name, Scrimmage
5: World Series. What is Scrimmage, Derek? Scrimmage is a mobile training and education platform designed to provide a more personalized, engaging, and fun experience for Learners of all kinds. But we especially focus today around corporate education. So helping companies train and educate their people to be the most effective in their jobs. How did you get into this? Uh, we recognized the opportunity that when the iPad came to market, it was going to transform how people consume content. And the iPad obviously informed iPhones, Android, and basically now the future is here where people are consuming any type of content, but especially educational content on their phones and tablets, and we've built an app that allows us to personalize that experience and companies to manage all different types of content. So what do you come to a mastermind for? What are you hoping to learn? Well, I came here, frankly, because I'm a huge Yankee fan, and we're going to go to the Yankee game today, Uh, but also because I wanted to meet some amazing people and have the chance to network, and Dave Meltzer, who's become a good friend of mine, is also here and speaking, and he told me that there'd be a lot of great people for me to, to talk and network with, so that's what brought me here. As far as a breakthrough, what kind of a breakthrough are you hoping for in
1: your business? Where do you need help?
5: I think just exploding our brand, right? I think we're uh, right now focused primarily on enterprise and, and companies, and you know we seek to impact education and training more broadly. So helping the world understand who scrimmage is and what we stand for and a little bit more about where our product is going, that would be a, a breakthrough. And I think with the baseballs, as you mentioned, are our token, if you will, to uh, continue to advance our gamification of our marketing, if that makes sense. So talk about this a little bit, gamification of,
1: you know, I guess, the learning process. Yeah. Even for adults, I think it's important. I mean, kids learn when they're having fun. They don't know they're learning. But adults do the same thing because we're
5: just kids inside. That's exactly right. In fact, we have shown that at companies, when we provide games, the people that are they they're very competitive, right? They are learning. They're learning their information. They're learning about their companies. But they're competing, and they're competing in a fun way. And it's practice, and it gives them the chance to, you know, subconsciously learn while they don't even realize that they are learning. And that's a great way, as adults, we learn to experience. They're experiencing something that's triggering their mind in a way that they remember it, and they remember that that association of, of being a kid, quite frankly. So that's all part of it. How did you get into this? Same thing. Just recognizing over the decade that I worked in different training and technology companies, and we saw an opportunity. And... We, we went after it. And also, you know, myself, I, I love to play and I love to have fun. And this was the perfect marriage between technology and, and my personality and what we can do as an organization. How old is this company and, and what, is the, um, what is your hopes for it? Yeah, so we're coming up on our eighth year in business. We've recently won lots of awards from Chief Learning Officer magazine. American Association for Talent Development for our technology and the innovation that we're bringing to the space. We want to be a, a global business. You know, We're already working on six continents, barely. We want to be a worldwide authority in the space. We want to be the company that people think of when they're talking about mobile training and education, not just for companies, but for organizations of all kinds, helping students learn in a way that's designed for them. I mean, I can say from experience, sitting in a classroom as a kid was was painful. So giving the chance for a kid or someone who learns using technology or learns out in the world to marry that with a tool that helps them propel forward, that's what we want to be remembered for. So ideally, we'll be a a billion-dollar company someday.
1: So, you know, it's funny because as we watch some of the speakers here at this mastermind and any mastermind, some speakers have chutzpah, we call it. Like, for example, Brandon Steiner, his book, You Gotta Have Balls. You have baseballs in your hands. and That's what he's talking about because his sports memorabilia company, it started out with baseballs because of the Yankees. But I think having this this personality that lends itself to entertaining while you're educating, is a very important part of any
5: educator, is to make sure they make it fun. How do you do that with scrimmage? So it goes back to... This, the brand itself is about representing fun, fun in the business world, right? And then with the technology itself, it goes back to delivering content that someone will remember and it's designed their style. So whether they learn through games or they learn through videos or they learn through simulations or they learn through reading you know, the old school way and taking notes and things like that, that's fine. But we collect data that allows us to personalize the content to them in a more effective way. But then it's everything around it, right? It goes back to the community, making sure that people understand that, especially within the work world, you can have fun and still learn and still still play and that's part of the culture and the brand awareness that we're building
1: all right well if you want to have fun and learn and play with balls and frisbees and things from the sporting world be careful with that one uh you can check out we and you can find out more about the gamification of education and uh thanks derek lunston chief executive officer good luck with you brother And that's about it for me for this hour of Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll see you here next week, same time, same channel. Don't forget, you can podcast, listen to this show anytime you want, 24 7. See you next time.
0: This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated.